fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 25, and I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know if there's been any really big news topics that's happened within the past 24 hours. Josh, am I missing something? Um, not really. I mean, there, there like was a, a, a trailer, I, I guess, that dropped this morning. Yes, I, I mean, yeah. And it was okay. I mean, it was fine. But, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, first of all, how are you doing tonight, Josh? Well, I was great until just about when we were about to start. And that little dog that my roommate had ran into my room and took the, my piece of pizza that I was going to have for dinner. And now I'm a little, a little sour. <laughs> well... Let's feed off that negative energy and try and turn it into a positive. The trailer we were joking referring to at the beginning of this episode, the Avengers Endgame trailer is finally here. Um, First of all, let me put on my tinfoil hat. I don't think Disney planned on releasing this trailer today. I think they did it to hide the fact that no one liked the Aladdin trailer, but we'll get into that later. I think this is damage control for Aladdin trailer part two. Yeah. Because now no one's talking about the Aladdin trailer. Everyone's talking about this. And rightly so. I love this trailer. Josh, what did you think? I enjoy it, yeah. like uh, It's still same vibe as the first one. Just a little bit more ramped up. And there is some newer, some, some fresh stuff that we didn't see. So I, I appreciate that. But it still isn't giving us anything. And uh, honestly, it puts a little bit of a kink in my uh in my scott is a scroll theory yeah same here um also you haven't seen captain marvel yet so that might shoot down a lot of theories you have yeah that's fine we're speaking of captain marvel way to shoehorn her into the the trailer which there's some people that are upset by the trailer that she's wearing makeup and they're like trying to feminize her, I guess. To which I'm just like, eh, it's 20 years. Maybe her style changed. Also, she's not in battle gear. I think she's allowed to have makeup, but yeah. I don't think it's as much of an issue as people are making it out to be. Well, it's it, the fact of the matter is that uh, that's how you're going to debut Captain Marvel in your in in the movie, like in your trailers, like that. That's how, like, whatever. You want to make Whatever. an entrance with Captain Marvel? Do what they did with Vision of yeah. Thor goes to summon Stormbreaker and she catches it. Yeah. First of all, can I just say how much I love Stormbreaker? That's such a it great is, name. It, that, that alone, but also it just looks like a hammer. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, like it looks like something you do not want to get smacked with. Like the other one's like, oh, he's got a big stone mallet. Oh man, this looks like it will tear you in half. Oh yeah, like not only I like the name Mjolnir, the first hammer, but Stormbreaker's awesome. Stormbreaker sounds like a finishing move. Somebody needs to use that. Yeah, if only there was like a Nordic style wrestler that you knew that could do something like that i don't know anyway i mean he's already um, got his names taken but i initially wasn't a huge fan of the, like the first half of this trailer because i kept wanting more new footage more new footage please give me some form of new footage i'm desperate for information and i kept going flashbacks but then we got new footage in the second half of the trailer 
Uh, which, to be honest, when they're all coming out in the white suits at the end, the Quantum Realm suits, which I'll talk about that in a second here, um, I completely missed that Nebula and Tony were there. Like, I had to go back and rewatch the trailer and notice that they were there. Yeah. I've rewatched this trailer a couple times, and each time I watch it, I like it more. Like, now I actually like the first half of it when it's flashbacks to just previous movies because there's a lot of information I think you can glean from that. Um, oh, yeah. I remember how we said that we think Iron Man is going to science his way a solution just like he did in the first Iron Man movie to get back to Earth. And um, this trailer more or less confirms that to me. But one of my favorite things about this trailer is having Peggy Carter's monologue that she says to Cap from Winter Soldier when she's an old lady in this trailer. I love that. I love that scene from Winter Soldier. And so it was nice to hear that come back. Yep, and I think, too, they've given us our reason for Hawkeye turning Ronin. Which I was watching uh, one of my favorite YouTubers today talk about this trailer, and he proposed that um, that scene with Hawkeye teaching his daughter archery, maybe that's the opening of the movie, is Hawkeye with his family and then seeing them dusted, and it's a real gut punch to start the movie. Oh, absolutely, Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, that's you want to start your tone of doom and gloom? Do that. Boom. Yeah. I, man. How are you feeling I mean, about uh, Hawkeye's hair? Uh, the Mohawk? Oh, I love I love the look. Are you kidding me? Like, oh, yeah. This I is love the, it too. There's some people that are like, I'm not a huge fan of it. Best thing I've seen somebody comment today it's a Mohawk eye. Uh, see, this is, and I have never been quiet about how it doesn't make sense to me why Hawkeye's around. Um, and if he's going to be around, make him look awesome and actually be awesome. But, um, and you know, people can fight me on that all, all they want, but like his suits really haven't been all that much, all that cool, really that cool to look at. And now this look as Ronan to me makes me interested. Yeah. Um, if there's one character more than any other that I'm like, I'm really curious to see what you bring to the table this time around, it's Hawkeye because, yes, people are upset. I feel like Hawkeye has one of the most personal stakes in this. And I'll be yes. really curious to see the the switch go off in Hawkeye's brain. Oh, absolutely. Especially if th- it takes his family right in front of him. Like, legitimately right in front of him. Yeah, I... I've heard that. The darker theory that I've heard is that it only takes some of his family and they and the rest of his family dies through results of the snap, but don't get snapped themselves, which is worse, I think. Yeah, jeez. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, proposing a little scene here. Um, say he's practicing with his daughter and... They're like just chilling, right? And his wife and his other daughter are driving up the driveway, and he all of a sudden there's the snap, and he sees his daughter practicing archery disappear, and he's like, "What?" And he looks up and sees his wife disappear, who's driving the car, and it crashes into a tree or something and kills his daughter instantly. Yeah, I could. I don't want to see that happen, but I. I think that's a little too dark for Disney to go. I also remembered that uh, his wife was pregnant in Age of Ultron, but then I remembered that it's been a couple of years since Age of Ultron in the timeline, so that baby's popped out by now. Yeah. But imagine how so, bad it would be if she got dusted. Uh, 
Exactly. Like to me, and this is, I will stand on my soapbox until somebody kills me, but these stories could be so much more impactful if Marvel slash Disney would just, just go over that line just a little bit. Yeah, I will. I told that after we watched the trailer together, if at least one main character doesn't die in this one, I'm going to feel disappointed. I need there to be stakes. Exactly. Like people legitimately have to die for the, for infinity war or this movie or really all of the ones before it to mean anything. That's why civil war was felt so deflated at the end. Cause everybody just kind of went like, all right, cool. We, we fought. I guess we're okay now. Like, no. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. I, I will rant for forever. However, there is a positive in this situation. And that is that the, the, the Disney Fox deal is set to be done at the end of the week, which you and I are amped about as far as possibilities of a possible end credit scene. True. Which, for legal reasons, um, for legal reasons, I'm sure Kevin Feige wants no part of anything Fox related until after that deadline because I'm sure he doesn't want anything wrong to go wrong with this deal and if it even looks like he might be tampering with Fox stuff before it's legally allowed to you could say goodbye to that deal so I'm sure he's not even planning on doing it that being said I, I'm still sticking to my guns and saying a Silver Surfer tease at the end of Endgame yeah I mean to be fair I wouldn't put it past them that they've got plans as far as hey you know what would be cool if we did this kind of plans but and but nothing like written down or anything like that there's it's guaranteed that he's thought about it yeah circling back to the trailer is talked about the uh white suits i like how they kind of just almost come out with that information because i feel like disney and marvel has been aware that there's there's those leaked toy pictures and leaked pictures online of like different of them with the white suits so they just kind of came out with it but then again this still could be early on everything we've heard is all the trailers are just showing us stuff in the first 20 to 30 minutes so i kind of like that they were just like yeah there's stuff that's been leaked but that's what you get other than that the white suits is one of the few things that's been leaked that we like knew was in the movie other than that we know nothing and i love that like the best leakers that sounds like a weird statement but the best movie leak sites can't get stuff on this movie which i think is awesome and disney kind of was just like okay i see that you have leaked this we're just gonna have it in the forefront of our trailer as the big money shot really yeah and really to me this trailer and i will reiterate this point later in our our main discussion but the main avengers theme is still i will rag on 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 marvel all day but the main avengers theme just gets me going every time and it starts to it eases starts to go all starts into that crescendo when they're walking out with the white suits and i was just like yeah no i'm gonna see this movie now (laughs) there's no way i'm not gonna see this movie now what i like is the trailers themselves not even the movie yet but the trailers themselves have actually already 
taken us on a journey and already have told a story. Because the first two trailers we've gotten, both the first trailer and the Super Bowl trailer, haven't used the Avengers trailer because in those trailers that we've seen, the Avengers are all split and disjointed. This is the first trailer that we've seen them all together as a collective unit. Hence, why we can use the Avengers theme, why it's so strong. And it's united, and it's together, and that's why all the music is there, as opposed to other trailers where the music bits and pieces of are there are hinted at but it's not complete because the team yeah. is not complete it's very it's very subtle and i, I really appreciate it and yeah man i'm i mean i think and this is weird to hear me say but endgame might be the one move one movie marvel movie that i think i'm most excited about yeah i genuinely has- think that this movie may be one of the biggest movies of all time just in terms of anticipation, in terms of build, if they can pull oh. this off, this will be the biggest movie of all time. Uh, okay, so real quick, side note, because we got a lot, we got a decent amount of news to cover. So, would you say then, because as far as build, the first Avengers had a good amount of build behind it, and like this, it had, I guess, in a way, some ways, it meant more because this is the first time anything like this had been attempted. It's. I don't know, though. I still think this is bigger. Avengers will go down, like, in the history books of, like, this was really important. But that had five movies of build-up. This has 21 movies of build-up. True, true. Also, what Uh, was at stake in Avengers? Essentially, New York. Uh, And Avengers had to take down a moderately-sized army that six of them could deal with. This is, we lost billions of people just on Earth. That's not showing other galaxies. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I got also, you. Also, uh, one more thing before we move on to other news topics. Did you notice that when they're all coming out in the white suits at the end, two people aren't there with them? Thor and Captain Marvel. So oh, I'm kind of thinking that they're going off to do their own separate mission, like how Thor and Rocket Raccoon teamed up to get Stormbreaker. Oh. I would not be surprised if Thor and Captain Marvel have their own side mission that they're dealing with. Maybe Thor dies, and this is how you pass the torch to Captain Marvel with them being together for most of the movie. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, I would have liked a stronger outing from Captain Marvel. From oh, yeah, same. That, but, 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 I mean, admittedly, I'm not in charge of In Captain Marvel's defense, Doctor Strange was the same way. Of He didn't necessarily have the strongest first outing, and I... Liked but didn't love Doctor Strange until Infinity War. That was, to me, his big coming out party. Fair enough. Well, that's not it for Disney news or trailers, as we have a other trailer, but not nearly as good. That being said, it's, it's better. It's getting there, I guess. Josh, which trailer am I talking about? See, I don't know what you're talking about because I enjoyed the crap out of this new Aladdin trailer. Like, to me, it it kind of eased some of my concerns because it was one of those, like, okay, are they going to go full Jungle Book and just not do the songs? But no, no, they're definitely doing the songs. That, 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 and that, that brought some ease to my mind. I don't know. It... It's the best trailer that they've done so far, but that's not saying much. It's, it. I still have a lot of concerns. Are you telling me that you're not at all concerned about Jafar? 
Uh, stop. Okay, look, just yeah. I mean, or I, Will Smith's I genie. Yeah, I was a little bit. Okay, Genie wasn't as bad in this one, though. It wasn't as bad, I, but I'm still not sold. It's just Will Smith. Also, this trailer, I get that you want to recreate shots from the original. This one seemed like there was copying too many shots, like the shot yeah. of Genie with the big hand being a puppet to Aladdin, or when he holds up the mirror and shows Aladdin as a prince, and he's got like the measurement tape around his neck. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I, uh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this movie's going to come out, and we're going to have to look at it and whatever. <laughs> I was, I'm still not sold. This Agrabah looks too clean and too colorful, which is like I, there's not necessarily a grimy feel to the original, but dirty, worn, lived-in feel to Agrabah. Yeah. That there's definitely a difference between not. the palace and. The regular city, and this—it it feels too much like a Bollywood play, essentially. Yeah, that's fair. And this one does feel very polished and very clean. Very polished. Which so, I think, to uh, me, in all the trailers, but especially this one, the standout character has definitely been Jasmine. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's primarily because it's Naomi Scott, who is just awesome. She's really, and like her, people can sit here and argue about race and whatever, but she's got the attitude of of Jasmine down pat. And that's, that's what made Jasmine who she is. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I still am a little bit worried about the CGI. The trailer definitely didn't help ease my nerves on that one, especially considering the, as we know, the big final fight scene is Aladdin versus a giant cobra. And we didn't get any of that in the trailer, so I'm very worried about how the CGI is going to look for that. Plus, me and Snakes don't really get along. Yeah, fair enough. But um, somebody suggested, and this could change the whole movie for me because I'm that simple-minded, but um, if Genie does not make a Fresh Prince-related joke... Hmm... Yeah, that could that could be a game changer. That that could like it could have the worst CGI, worst acting, but that one joke could make it worth it. Be like, you could be the fresh prince of Agrabah. <laughs> yeah, fresh prince Alibaba. Yeah, that works. I'm down. I'm so yeah, exactly. There's there's all these kinds of jokes you can make. Like, eh, why not? And people will be like, "That's shoehorning a joke in." Oh, I'm sorry. Since Robin Williams didn't make any Rodney Rodney Dangerfield jokes in the original, no, exactly. Like you can and have really, like fourth wall breaking jokes. That's what the genie's there for. Exactly. Well, if you were more inclined to watch the original Aladdin. You can on Disney Plus because Disney Plus apparently is getting every Disney movie when it launches. Which you, every Disney movie? Every well, that's that's what I kind of wanted to talk to you about. Do you think Disney means every Disney movie? I kind of hope they do because then we can have conversations of of, of like, wait, they made that, or you know, like. Mm, do they really get to say every Disney movie and then sit there and pick and choose? I Yeah, I don't think they're going to have every Disney movie. I think they're going to have every 
Disney movie that they want there. They're not going to have Song of the South with Uncle Remus. What? They're Why not going to have the Donald Duck Nazi war propaganda cartoons. What? Why not? The, <laughs> the thing that I'm also curious about is, um, well, we have like, when they say all the movies, does that mean like Disney Channel original movies? Does that mean Muppets? Um, original that animation stuff? And if so, do we get the shows for that? Like, are we going to have all of the classic Muppet show, all the classic Disney Channel shows, uh, anything Disney XD? If I want to watch me some Dave the Barbarian, is that going to be there? Yeah, they really need... Uh, if they're going to... That's. It's kind of hilarious how much Disney puts out, if you think if you think about it. Because, like, dang. Dang on, man. Yeah, so whether they're going to introduce it in phases or not, I'll be curious about. I highly doubt it's going to all be there by launch, but I don't know, man. I don't if, know, dude. They used to have a big old vault site. They're, with, yeah, they're not going to have the Disney vault anymore. Everything's going to be on the app. Exactly. So, I mean, they've probably, I wouldn't put them past it, that they've probably been slowly building this and just been able to like, all right, cool. So let's just copy paste all this info, the data into this, into this system. And uh, there we go. Which honestly, they've said that the price range will be like between eight and $10, which if that's the case, that could be one of the best values you can get because of how much Disney has without we us realizing it. Like I said, Muppets, uh, Muppets movies, uh, anything Disney Channel originals, either movies or TV, anything animated, Pixar, live action. There was so many of those live action ones like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Treasure Island, Bed Knobs and oh, Broomsticks, yeah. all those old ones are there. Anything Marvel, oh, yeah. Star Wars, so much stuff. Well, and that's the other question is, I mean, I know Pixar is a Dis- technically a Disney company. Now. But, well, now it is. So it, that's the that's the point, point then. Like, are they going to have only Pixar stuff after Pixar obtained them? Or are they going to have all Pixar? No, I think I when they know, bought is- Pixar, they bought, like, all the intellectual property that comes with it. So Tin Toy and everything like that. Man, if they can just... But like legitimately, if it's only eight to ten bucks, and they have literally have everything that Disney owns in this, like, on oh, this dude, app, we haven't even talked about uh, the Fox acquisition. I mean, I, I'm, I'm wait, add the what? Fox entire Fox movie library to that, or TV library. Oh, that's right. That just doubles oh, your library man. right there. Holy crap! This this could be. Easily one of the biggest movie libraries ever. This could rival Netflix, and it's immediately better in quality. Uh, immediately, right off the bat. I Jeez. think people, I think even us are kind of underestimating how big a deal this Disney app could be. Everyone's just like, oh yeah, all our Disney movies in one place. That sounds great. No, all your Disney movies and then some. That's on top of the Mandalorian. That's on top of the Marvel standalone stuff. That's on top of, fingers crossed, the Obi-Wan tv show but then that's also leading us into our next topic a whole new marvel animated series about the what if comics so what the what if comics were was essentially this these different storylines that were like one-offs of what happened if this in comic book history like what if uncle ben 
didn't die? Or what if Ghost Rider wasn't Johnny Cage type of Johnny Cage? Yep, no, Johnny right. Blaze mixed with Nicolas Cage. That's what we get. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so down for that. I have quite a few of the What If comics because I have a lot of they're comics good. in general. I like yeah, this concept. They're... It introduces interesting worlds. It's almost like Elseworlds stories, if you will. Uh, it's not almost. It's exactly like Elseworlds stories. <laughs> yeah, but... Marvel can't but call them Elseworlds stories. Exactly, but I'm I'm pretty okay with that though because, like, that means you can get stuff like Game World and uh, Old Man Logan and stuff like that. Yeah, what I would like to see is because it's animated. Uh, did I ever show you in college the Batman animated movie Gotham Knight? Yes. I would like something like that of each episode is a different art style and very different tonal style. Well, absolutely, because not all of these, you can't do the same thing for all of them. Yeah, like you have yeah, your old man Logan one that you just talked about, but having a very different art style and cartoon style and overall tone than like a happy-go-lucky Punisher. I don't know. Or Howard the Duck. <laughs> Anyway, you watch. They will say Howard the Duck animated series coming soon. Hey man, don't you don't you talk bad about the strongest character ever, Squirrel Girl? <laughs> no, Howard the Duck. <laughs> but I I'm down for this. What if I I yeah, liked reading absolutely. those comics because I knew at the end of the day it's like um the Injustice games. If it's a nice different take on something, but at the end of the day you can still fall back on the normal stuff. It, the story always ends at the end of that issue. It wasn't like a continuing story arc. It wasn't like a five-parter of, what if Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099 existed in the 1600s type of thing and it goes on for way too long. Oh, so I'm down man. for this. I just had a thought, though. Uh-oh. And this is such a this is such a mar a Disney Marvel thing to do, is to make it something a show based on the What If comics. Would you have a central character that's like teleporting and like through dimensions and stuff? There and is beyond. It's not the Beyonder. It's the big bald guy with the, uh, um, with the high cowl that we saw him in Doctor Strange. In the Stanley cameo, about- the Watcher. Oh, the Watchers. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I, well, actually, that could work. I just yeah, <gasps> that, dude. It Do might tell the crypt, except your host uh, is the Watcher. Yeah, I mean, you could do it like that. I just because if you have the watch, it have it, you know, be the Watcher going from place to place or story to story, like physically. That can totally come off way too much like a Doctor Who or or a Quantum Leap kind of thing. Except I think what will differentiate it is each episode will be a standalone a la Twilight Zone type thing. Yeah, which is I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more okay with. Oh, yeah, same. Well, um, switching gears from Disney, we have our first official image from Jumanji 2, which admittedly, when I first saw this picture, I didn't even realize it was from Jumanji 2, and I just thought it was a production still from the first one, uh, because everyone's in the exact same attires, and I thought to myself, oh, that's because they're video game characters. Of course, they're going to look exactly the same. 
Exactly. Like, I mean, because uh, I, I did I, well, before we started this, we went in a quick run through through everything. I like I always do anyway, and I was like, wait. There was a, a, a Jumanji two picture. I mean, I remember seeing a picture from J- Jumanji, but like, no, no, that's it. I was like, oh, all right, cool, I guess. <laughs> so at first, I thought nothing of it. Um, you saw the first Jumanji, right? Yep. So at first, I saw, thought nothing of this picture. I was just like, cool, we're getting another Jumanji. But then I had an idea, and that's always oh, a no. very dangerous thing. Yep. Because then the creative juices flow. So what happens if we get the original cast back, not like The Rock, Kevin Hart, um, Karen Gillan, Jack Black, those type of characters, but like the teenagers that played them, right? Yeah. Except this time when they play, they play as different characters. So this time you have the cheerleader played by The Rock, you have the jock played by Jack Black, so on and so forth. Okay. Like, really mix it up this time. Same game, different characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can see that working. However, I have seen the cast list a little bit, and they've they're adding quite a few like pretty solid actors to this to this one. That's never a bad idea. No, absolutely not. Like, let's go, dude. And Jumanji to me was a sleeper hit because like I was I was on that bandwagon of come on, just let the Jumanji die, like leave it alone. But it was different enough. And gave enough nods to the first, like very, very respectful nods to the first one that I was, and the story was engaging enough that I was actually really enjoyed the first Jumanji. Yeah, that was a sleeper hit for a lot of people, and it quiet, very, very quietly killed at the box office. Did you know it almost made a billion dollars? Oh, I wouldn't be, be even surprised. I don't even think the studio was anticipating it doing that well. Or the people involved were anticipating it doing that well. But yeah, that was more or less a sleeper hit of that year. And so not a surprise at all that they made a second one. I would just like everyone to come back. But like this soul-swapping scene in the first Scooby-Doo, which is a weird enough analogy, but like they inhabit different bodies as the game progresses. Yeah, I I can see that. It could be interesting. Um, Because, oh my goodness, the comedic goal that could be a teenage girl being played by The Rock. Yeah, I mean, I still really like the teenager playing Jack Black. Oh, yeah, but what if Jack Black this time was the jock instead and, like, uber-confident Jack Black talking down to The Rock? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I I loved that picture, but I think, to me, the best news— that made my inner 10-year-old happy. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, this is probably my favorite trailer of the week, even more so than Endgame, definitely better than Aladdin. Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. My inner 10-year-old rejoiced in the streets. I love this so much. Well, so what's really interesting is, I think it was, I want to say, three years ago? They released that Elseworld story of Batman teaming up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And at first, everyone scoffed at it, and then everyone started reading it, and it was actually really awesome. And it really, like, (laughs) one of the most dark but incredibly entertaining Batman books in a long time. 
So like, I'm not surprised that this is getting it, getting its own movie. Oh no, me neither. That being oh, said, so good. How great was this trailer though? Oh man. Well, everything felt natural too. Was the thing too. It, it, it didn't, nothing in this story feels like, Oh man, like they're making, they're really forcing these characters together. It doesn't feel like they mesh. No, no, no. Everyone feels like they mesh together. It seemed like, uh, basically just kids that grew up as fans of both Ninja Turtles and Batman were like, we're going to make the movie we want to make. And there's so much in this trailer that I never knew that I wanted. But now that they've set it up, I was like, how did I never think of that before? Like Batman versus the Shredder. That sounds fantastic. The Ninja Turtles fighting Batman. And he, of course, handily beats them. But the thing that made me pop the most in the trailer is when Ra's al Ghul and Shredder go to the Joker and they give him the TCRI canister. I'm just like, he's going to give the ooze to all of Gotham's criminals. And that's a perfect combination that I wish I'd thought of a long time ago. Oh, dude, yeah. Because I was just sitting there like... What would that even look like? Oh man, what would Bane look like? Yeah, oh man, instead like, of Venom, it's ooze. Oh man, it's just like the possibilities were just opened up. But yeah, like you said, it never once felt forced. It never it it embraced exactly what it is: Batman versus Ninja Turtles. But it embraces it with such gusto that you kind of were just like, yeah, I I buy this. The animation Absolutely. matches perfectly from that original comic, but it it feels like. Yeah, why haven't we done this before? The chemistry that Batman has with the Turtles of, like, his distrust, but their energy, it works. And there's matchups that I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm ready for that Batman-Shredder fight. I live for that, man. That just sounds oh, great. Oh, yeah. And it's actually, it's one of those things, too, with how influ- influential Ra's al Ghul is. That's one of those, like, well, why haven't you teamed up with Shredder before? Like, how, why is that not a thing? Please just tell me that we get a, at least one scene with Alfred and Master Splinter. Oh, dude. And they're like, no, and they're in the Batcave, like, drinking tea or whatever. And Alfred's like, oh, man, they're at it again. And <laughs> Splinter's just like, yeah, man, this is, this is an everyday thing. Hey, this or, is great tea, by the way. <laughs> like, or just, he, like oh. um, Master Splinter could say something along the lines of, doesn't it? Uh, it's so annoying having a kid with anger management problems. I'm sure you wouldn't know what yeah. that's like. Yes, and, and I was just like, all too well. Or oh, Yeah, man. just the possibilities are endless, and I'm really, really excited for this one. And like I said, my inner 10-year-old, this is like made for young Nate, and I'm, oh, I'm so ready to see this. But the visuals oh, are spectacular. Yeah. There's a couple shots in the trailer, I'm just like, that looks beautiful. That's a great shot right there. Yeah. I get, I, however, I would say I would guarantee that this story is going to be super fun, but it's going to get super dark real quick. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with that. Have a nice balance because oh, yeah. turtles can oh, get dark too. Oh, dude. The comic is that they're based off of is one of the, it's fantastic and it's not kid friendly at all. Oh yeah. In everybody's got their own personal preference, but for you, what is your favorite incarnation of the turtles? Um the, my personal like favorite or the one that I have the most like attachment to? Uh either one. Okay. Um 
I don't know what the te- technical name for them was, but it was the it came out when I was like a high schooler, and it was just like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they I'd have to show you a picture. And I know. Oh, I, know I think I know what you're going with. The one, yeah. not the one that's on cart. The not the one that's on Nickelodeon right now. The crappy one. The one before no. that. I think before even that one, because that one had like uh, the one before the current one we have, because they just released another one. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So not the current one, not the one before that, that had like the claymation, even though it's the one before that. It was like 3D animated. Yeah. It's the one before that one. The one that like they they used to say, it was I, again. I'm gonna have to send you a picture, and you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about. Yeah, mine was um, the early 2000s one. That was like a blend of the 80s cartoon and the 90s movie. Yeah, with like a not with like a current like a modern art style. Yes, and like yeah, and they had like a follow up season after like the main story arcs of them going to the future. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's that the one. one. Yeah, that yes. That is my favorite. Hashtag and I remember, oh yeah, like those were my turtles. Oh, to me, they, they nailed all of the characters in that, in that series. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to bring our next news story. Um, that is not really a news story, but a good report that we're getting coming out is that Shazam is getting extremely positive reviews. Like the review embargo, not review embargo, the... Social media embargo, those are two different things. The social media embargo of it was lifted earlier this week and has been overwhelmingly positive. I don't think I've seen a single bad thing said about Shazam. But also keep in mind, the movie doesn't come out until April 6th, April 5th or April 6th. So this review embargo, social media embargo, is coming out weeks before the release, which is always an incredibly positive sign. People are saying, like, it's the best DC movie so far. It's got a lot of heart, great action scenes, great humor. Zachary Levi was born to play Shazam. Josh, does this make you any more excited for this movie? I mean, I was already super hyped for it, so. Well, yeah, but does it (laughs) give you hope? Uh, ironically. Yeah, I think that yeah, I, yeah, if you put it that way, yeah, I think this gives me more hope and more assurance that this is going to be a good movie and that we are in the current rise again of DC. It's like a phoenix or the fire. The fire rises. Um I I still go back every time to that um Lois Lane monologue at the end of Justice League where she's like our dark, yes, our Darkness was dark and long, but we came out of it. We just need a little hope and inspiration, and we will rise again, to which I'm just going, are you talking about Metropolis or the DCEU? Yeah. Which I always mean to interpret it as the DC movies themselves. Um, Yeah. But thankfully, uh, Fandango had some advanced ticket sales, and I think you might still be able to get them if they're not all sold out for some showings on the 23rd. So Heather and I snatched up our tickets real quick. So we'll be seeing it next Saturday, actually. Nice, man. I I would pick them up, but I will be <clears throat> kind of busy that day. Woohoo! So, yeah, man. So and yeah, my, I'll uh... let you know. I'll give you a spoiler-free review. I'll put a uh, main review on the channel at some point for it before it comes after we see it. I'm so hyped, and fingers, fingers.
fingers crossed, Henry Cavill cameos as Superman. Please, please let that happen. Yeah. Either that or they just confirm whether or not Rock is going to be Black Adam. Yeah, uh. something along those lines. Some form of a great end cameo there. Now, in our last bit of news for the day, we have news about the Suicide Squad, quote-unquote, or Suicide Squad 2, depending on how you want to refer to it, that James Gunn is getting super obscure with his roster. So we know that uh, Harley Quinn, more or less, will probably be returning, played by Margot Robbie. She is the only actor coming back from what we've heard. Joel Kinnaman out as Rick Flagg, Will Smith being replaced by Idris Elba as Deadshot. Now, who's going to be playing the rest of the cast? Now, Josh, before I tell you who is going to be in this new roster, who would you put? In your Suicide Squad, yeah. kind of let's so, let's put some gap between this. I just I, absolutely because I and we I want everybody to know that I saw this and went wait did they announce the roster and you went yeah not officially I was like yeah not officially but I was like oh so who's in it and you're like I'm not gonna tell you I was like oh we're gonna have to do this live oh man um so you might uh, guess one and that's about it. Jeez, I'd have to go back and listen to the episode of us just naming off people. Um, In your ideal Suicide Squad, who would you have? Um, Killer Frost, Captain Boomerang, um, Deadshot, maybe Harley Quinn. Sure, why not? Um, KG Beast. Are you just basing this off of uh, Assault on Arkham? No, those just happen to be the ones that come to mind. Although I do, I really like that team, but in particular. Oh, same. Um, uh, but then again, also like I'm trying not to be too obscure because at the same time, I don't really know a lot of the really obscure ones. Well, apparently James Gunn does. Well, duh, it's James Gunn. But he has not said if Captain Boomerang will be returning or not. I really hope he does because this is the only time you hear me say it. I love Jai Courtney in this. Oh, and I really dude, hope he does come back. Also, I wouldn't be surprised if he adds Killer Frost, but Killer Frost is not one of the names that was tossed out. Okay, fair. Although Killer Frost would be a really good addition. We, oh, absolutely. Need an actual, you need an actual female to play, with an attitude to play off of Margot. Oh, yeah. So, any other ones that you think you would want on your roster? Um, jeez. None that are really coming to, to, to mind. So, ones that we have, or he says he wants, are King Shark. We know that okay. one. We're familiar with that yeah. name. I'd be down with that. Rat Catcher. Okay, sure. Polka Dot Man, woot woot. Yeah, okay. And Peacemaker. Yeah, okay. Um, I told you, like, holy crap. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, though. When he said Peacemaker, I kind of popped and got excited. Because I'm that much of a diehard nerd and comic book fan. Like I said earlier in this episode, I have a crap ton of comics that I got from my awesome uncle. One of them is Peacemaker issue one, like the very first issue of Peacemaker, and I never knew who this dude was, so when they said Peacemaker, I was like, hey, I understood that reference. I have Peacemaker. Isn't he just like Guardian? 
Yeah, kind of. Oh, uh, okay. He's got like but, a big I mean, bowl on his head, like very much like a um not Flash Gordon. Who's one of those other old school sci-fi heroes? Yeah, okay. But I know who you mean. Um Flash Gordon's the only one I can think of, honestly. Um <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, it's not Duck Dodgers. That's Buck Rogers. <laughs> That's so, that is something different entirely. He's like Buck Rogers. Uh, but apparently James Gunn wants Batista for a peacemaker. I can see that. I'm, I think the one on that list that makes me the most excited would be King Shark. I'm most excited for Polka Dot Man by far. Oh, get out of here. You I'm not joking. Is. I love Polka Dot no, Man. You, no, 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 Do not play like you know who Polka Dot Man is. I do, actually. Ugh. He's a Batman villain. He first appeared in the animated series. That's why you know who he is. Of course I do. But also, this dude has magical polka dots that can do different things. One of them is a buzzsaw. One of them is a teleportation circle. Okay, that's kind of cool. Just because they're polka dots doesn't mean he can't be awesome. And yes, I'm defending polka dot man as a good choice. <laughs> I saw you just you say polka dot man, and I think of the a character from uh, the futuristic Justice League that literally all he can do is change the colors of things. That's Zebra Man, isn't it? I have no, I don't remember. I, I, I think his name was like Ultraviolet or something like that. It was super dumb. Wow. Um, yeah. They also said that Ratcatcher will be gender bent, so it'll be a diff- it'll be a woman this time. To which I just go, "Who's Ratcatcher?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think this roster really, really works because it's James Gunn. If it wasn't any, if it was somebody other than James Gunn, I don't know if I'd have this much faith in this roster. But what most excites me about this roster is any of these people can die because it's Suicide Squad. Yes. There's certain characters in the first Suicide Squad that you're like, well, they're not dying. They could be used in other movies. You could kill off King Shark, Polka Dot Man, Rat Catcher. No one knows these names, so you could kill them off because it, that's essentially what suicide should be. You should always be worried that one of these characters is going to die at any given moment. Yeah, that's fair. However, I'm going to disagree on the uh, the King Shark one because that's, that's a primary Flash villain. Mm, we'll see. First of all, we have to have a Flash movie. First of all, I need you to be nice. (laughs) Oh, man. Did you realize Marvel's going to have a time travel movie before DC ever does? Uh, It's because DC is smart. Anyway, um, I didn't say that out loud. I didn't say that out loud. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, man, I'm... I'm down for this Suicide Squad, this roster. James Gunn, I have faith in you. And it's going to be weird. It's going to be out there. It's going to be a James Gunn movie, and I'm all for it. Well, with the um, Avengers trailer, I figured, huh, let's talk something Marvel. Now, this topic, Heather and I have done our own separate video about it, so you probably know my top five, but I thought we'd reiterate it here. So today, Josh and I are going to do our... Top five favorite Marvel movies. And yes, Josh does like five Marvel movies. MCU movies, more specifically. Yeah. Which is hilarious because you you like... So when you asked me earlier when I was getting home, uh, have you seen the discussion topic today? Um, I had, 
but it was still what it was before you changed it. Yeah, so I was, like, I was oh. originally our discussion for today because there was no news. The Avengers trailer hadn't dropped yet. Originally, our discussion was going to be animated features that we actually would want to see remade in lieu of the new Aladdin trailer. Um, which we'll we'll come back to that bridge eventually. But we're just like, I want to do something Marvel related. So yeah, this is going to be interesting for Josh. Yeah, I don't think it's a secret that I, I'm not a big fan of uh, of Marvel movies. Um, but uh, if you want to, let's we can work from the bottoms of our list and work our way up. Yeah, you can start with your number five, and then we'll kind of alternate. So, what's your number uh, five? Yeah, yeah. So my number five is Iron Man one. Uh, part of that's because it started the whole thing, but also because I just enjoy watching the first one a lot. Uh, the music's fantastic. It's Tony before he turns into a super douche. Um, yeah, dude, I just, I enjoy the first one a lot. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I I think Iron Man 1 is probably my favorite phase one movie besides Avengers. Like Avengers, I never count the Avengers movies as movies within phases. I think of them like as the tent poles of their phases. Like they're kind of separate yeah. from their phase movies. Yeah. But yeah, I think Iron Man 1 is my favorite of Phase 1. Yeah, I'd agree. It, it's, it, it was, it's probably the simplest out of all of them, but that's also because it's the start of the whole thing. And honestly, before that one, no one really cared about Iron Man. It was just kind of a thing. And if you argue with me, you're wrong because he's just Iron Man. Like Nobody really cared about Iron Man in the comics. Oh, I completely agree. I've had that argument with several people over the years of just like, did you care about Iron Man before 2008? Yeah, I've always liked Iron Man. Oh, really? Now, the only person that I actually believe when they say that is my dad because he actually did grow up reading comics. His favorite superhero is Iron Fist, and that was before Netflix ruined him. So my dad actually knows his stuff. Um, but yeah, before 2008, <laughs> tell anybody who Iron Man is, and they'll be like, who? Spider-Man's a recognizable name. Even Fantastic Four was more well-known than Iron Man. Iron Man made him a household name. Robert Downey Jr. got his redemption through Iron Man and Tropic Thunder coming out in the same calendar year, which is two completely different roles, but I love them both. I thoroughly enjoy Iron Man. I think Iron Man may be the last time, except for maybe Avengers, that I liked Tony Stark as a character. Yeah, I I agree. And that's kind of like my my little, little subtext there is... It, it's my favorite. I love Tony Stark in this movie. It, it's the it's the only one where I actually feel like he actually learns something. Yes, it's the only one where he takes responsibility for what he's done. All the rest of them, he doesn't acknowledge that he's the problem. Yes, exactly. Anyway, so what's uh, what's your uh, number five? My number five is Infinity War. Just barely beating out another Avengers movie. Um, it was either Infinity War or Civil War. And we've talked before about how Civil War doesn't really have stakes. It's more or less like a sparring session. So much so that they even joke about it being a sparring session within the movie itself. Um, there's a lot of great things to like about Civil War. Like the introduction of Spider-Man, which I can admit when I'm wrong sometimes. And I thought Spider-Man was going to fail from that first trailer because I did not like his first appearance in that trailer. But seeing it in action, I really, really enjoyed it. And I loved Homecoming, but I'll get to that later. Um, But yeah, Infinity War I like more than Civil War by far. Um, 
it's one of the more rewatchable ones in the Marvel Universe. I like how there's so much going on, but it seems very well balanced. Cons- all things considering, there's still some people that I feel like get the short end of the stick uh, in terms of character work, like Captain America, Black Widow, but I th- I'm going to reserve judgment until we see Endgame because I be- choose to believe Infinity War and Endgame are more or less two parts of the same movie. And so if a character doesn't get enough screen time in one movie, it's probably because they're more relevant in the second half. So I really like Infinity War. Um, Considering how loaded of its cast it is, they do a good job of balancing it out. Thanos is a fantastic villain, something Marvel has desperately been missing up until recently with uh, Killmonger being awesome and Thanos being awesome. And another one that I'll get to later with uh, Homecoming when I talk about that. I love Thanos as a villain. I like the action scenes. Music's great. It just felt epic more than anything else. I really enjoy Infinity War. That's fair. Um, I think for me, and this is just Josh being Josh, because of all of the movie announcements of what's coming down the line, uh, it took me out a little bit because then I was like, okay, you're disappearing, but you have a movie coming out later this year, so you're not going anywhere. Uh, you know what I mean? So, uh, but that, that's just me un, unable to separate reality from the movies. That's fair enough. What do you got for your number four? Uh, my number four is Ant-Man. I enjoy Ant-Man way too much. <laughs> really? Like, I think Scott Lang is just so entertaining. Is that because it's him or is it because it's because it's Paul Rudd? I'm going to say yes to both. <laughs> Paul Rudd is an acting genius and he is always hilarious in everything he does. But he does something in this movie that I personally have not seen him do before, which is like actual dramatic slash serious acting. And he pulls it off, man, in my opinion. And there's a lot of really good jokes that they do with the size of, of everything and the scale. And I think the CGI really works in a lot of scenes. Yeah. I wasn't as big of a fan of Ant-Man. I thought it was just okay, but I will say some of the tricks that they pull off with the shrinking and growing, that is always entertaining. I could do, I could watch those different combinations all day. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, and one of the scenes later in the movie where they're, uh, the cops are at his house trying to clean everything up after the big fight. And there's just like a random huge ant like walking around. Or it was like Andrew spider. One of the two walking around. <laughs> While he like, may not be the stuff. most complex villain, I actually really like yellow Jacket's design as a villain. Oh, absolutely. Like he's one of the few villains outside of Thanos that I felt like, Oh, this guy could like really mess a lot of people up just based on the powers of his suit. It, however, I will say he felt a little too much like Obadiah Stane from Iron Man 1 of evil, bald, um, money mogul. Well, yeah. Who steals but, the tech from the other guy. Well, yeah, but I mean, when there's when Ant-Man and... Uh, oh, well, when you come in on the second half of Ant-Man's story and kind of breeze through the first half, then yeah, it's going to feel that way. Fair enough. Um, you know, my number you know four. What I mean? like, hmm? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you're good. I mean, you know what I mean? Because, like, 
they they just kind of skip over it and turn it more into a, oh man, the Starks really screwed him over. Oh, that sucks. All right, moving on. Like no, no. Well, the Starks kind of screw a lot of people over. Iron Man two, Iron Man three, Ant Man. Also, it wasn't the Starks that screwed over Ant Man. It was the Pims. What? No, they Hank because, no, doesn't he? No, do, doesn't he? Um, he they, they they go to the Starks or something. I thought I'm gonna have to rewatch it. Oh well. Yeah, I've seen Ant Man once. I think. Yeah, I think like two or three times over here. Whereas my number four is the first Avengers movie, it's not Captain America: The First Avenger. Avengers, just Avengers straight up. I think Avengers, the first Avengers, is one of the most rewatchable movies in movie history. You could put that on oh, yeah. anytime and I will watch it. Oh, yeah. And it's, it on paper, on paper, it should not have worked, but it does. I don't think, I nit- nitpick movies all the time. It's what I do. I, I'm passionate about movies and I love to nitpick stuff. If you care about something, you worry about the details. I genuinely think I can't really nitpick that much of Avengers because it's so well-written. Say what you will about Joss Whedon, but the dude knows how to write for characters. And the main reason why Avengers works so well, why it appeals to uh, me as a comic book fan, moviegoers as an action film fan, my mom, who's a very casual movie fan, it works because of the characters you like them they all have unique and standout personalities they work as a character as a unit i mean there's great action great chemistry between the characters great humor it's just a really well-made movie i love the first avengers and there's all just so many great oh that's fantastic moments you know yeah of i will never forget being in the theater for the first time and that circle shot Oh, dude. Absolutely. And if There's we don't get in Endgame a circle shot of all the Avengers once they come back to life, I'm... Mm. Well, and that, that's the thing, too. It, the circle shot is now a thing in, in, in every Avengers movie. Yeah, to some degree, but... In, in one shape, shape, way, shape, or form, I mean, Age of Ultron, they had one of them battling everybody. Yeah, but it's still that like group shot. I Avengers is just great. I'm that was the one to me more than any other movie that put the MCU on the map. More than yeah, Iron Man, more absolutely. than Captain America. Avengers showed that it was here to stay. And then everyone pretended to know who Thanos was at the end credits. Yep. Everyone's like, Oh yeah. And to be fair, I didn't know who Thanos oh, was. Oh, I didn't know who he was either. I did what everyone else didn't. Uh, Googled it when My I got home. My first thought was, what is Darkseid doing here? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, exa- that, exactly. So I think it's absolutely hilarious and says a lot about the next movie that it's both of our number threes. Yeah, I've both of our number threes and our number ones are the same movie, which I think is funny. Um, so yeah, for our number three, Josh... Why do you have Thor Ragnarok as your number three? I think this is the most fun of all of them that I the, the most fun in a Marvel movie that I I have had to date is in Thor Ragnarok. 
I think for me, it's the one that more than any other Marvel movie, and this may sound hypocritical, I know. Heretical, I mean, not hypocritical. Heretical. I feel like Ragnarok is the one that embraces being a comic book movie the most. It's the one with the most vivid colors, more most trippy visuals, maybe outside of Doctor Strange. Most just out there concepts, but embraces every minute of it. I love the color palette of Ragnarok. It's so bright and vivid, whereas everything else in MCU is kind of muted. Not DC muted, but muted at times. But Ragnarok, that thing's super bright and colorful, and I love it. Oh, yeah. And everybody in that movie is giving a great great performance. I mean, all the scenes between uh, Thor and Hulk are fantastic and, generally speaking, are a lot of fun to watch. Um, Jeff Goldblum is... Being Jeff Goldblum in this movie, but like he still comes off as a villain, and it's great. I need a Korg spinoff movie as soon as possible. Oh, Korg is fantastic, or a spinoff TV show on Disney Plus. Either way, no man. I just I'm just happy with him like popping up every now and then, just like oh hey guys, it's a little rock paper scissors joke for you. Which, I love the humor in Ragnarok more than any other. I think Ragnarok's the funniest MCU movie, and that's because uh, director Taika Waititi is just a great comedic director. But there's a lot of great styles of humor. you got slapstick, you've got a lot of great puns. But there's, there's a couple really subtle ones that you don't get on your first viewing. Like, Korg has quite a few rock, paper, scissors jokes that go under the radar, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic, man. Like, um, the there's one that as soon as I caught it, I was like, how did I miss that? That he tried to start a re- revolution, but um, it didn't happen because he didn't print enough pamphlets. So paper beats rock. Beats rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and really, like, even the stuff in, jeez, um, uh, over in Asgard is fantastic. The only nitpicks I have with Thor Ragnarok is how they just dispatch of the Warriors 3 like nobody cares. Well, yeah. They killed Zachary Levi so hard, he became Shazam. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I love Ragnarok. Korg became my favorite character, and I just, I love his personality of, like, this big hulking creature. And then he talks like this, and he... He's made of rocks, and he's just happy to be here. And he's going to wish a new dog good luck in the arena. And he's going to hope that you have a good day. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I, I, I love him. He's one also, of the Also, can we talk about how freaking awesome Valkyrie is for a second? Oh, absolutely. One of the unsung heroes. And I, I need her around more, honestly. Yes, please. Um, I think my my biggest gripe with Ragnarok, and I don't again, I'm never planet quiet Hulk? about my opinions, is the planet is them kind of screwing off the the Planet Hulk st- storyline. Um, now they could still potentially still use it, and but it's just it's not the same anymore. Yeah, I guess, but I I was very much okay before Ragnarok with Ragnarok being. The last Hulk, the last Thor movie. Let's end it with the trilogy after Ragnarok. I was like, oh no, please. We need more Thor movies like this, please. Now. Yeah. Or if nothing else, have more Taika Waititi in the MCU, please. Yeah. It's, 
it actually made Thor interesting. Where you know, whereas you go to the movie before this, uh, Thor wise, which had the potential to be really cool and really fun, but they it just they, it was like they tried to go dark and it didn't work. And then you just they tried to take it to the a, dark world. Uh, and this, and then Ragnarok is the polar opposite of of really both Thor movies preceding it, and it works really well. And yeah. we're all reminded of, of Chris Hemsworth's comedic timing, and it's awesome. And now with him in um, MIB International, it's uh, definitely reminding everybody of his, of his comedic timing with Valkyrie. Yeah, of all people, it's just hilarious. Yeah, I'm super excited for that one. Um, we may have already covered it earlier, but Josh, tell us what your number two is and why. Uh, number two is Avengers. Um, basically, all the same reasons as as, as, you, as you said. Uh, the circle shot, the the music, the story, the rewatchability. To me, it was the first time, and really it's one of the only times so far outside of our number ones, where I was in a Marvel movie and I was – thoroughly enjoying myself um you know the the death of cole of colson like i felt it when when i upon the first viewing and then they ruined it with agents of shield but anyway um yeah. regardless i felt i was like no like screw them man like yeah, no, thor's Coulson's reaction dead. is justified thor was oh, everyone yeah. in the audience exactly like it i felt it and it was before Nick Fury felt just like a pandering idiot sometimes. You know what I mean? It, it was it was the first time we saw all of these guys on the screen together. And it was the first time a movie of this scale, comic book-wise, was attempted. And it, it, it shows and it, it hits on all points. And I'm with you when I say I, I have to try really, really hard to nitpick this movie. Yeah, it's just so well-balanced. Also, something I heard today that I was like, oh, please, I kind of want that now, even though it would take away from my Silver Surfer cameo, is how great would it be if at the end of Endgame, the end credits is all the surviving heroes go to the same shawarma place? <laughs> I wouldn't shawarma. even be mad that I don't get Silver Surfer. I'd be just content with that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, totally. I uh, Yeah, I'd be down for that, I guess. I'd, yeah, um, I'd be fine with that. It'd be great. Honestly, it'd be really funny if uh, they they did that and then bait and switched with a with a doom bot in the kitchen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, Avengers to this day, and <gasps> I don't don't say much. Event the Avengers theme is to me one of the best superhero themes around. It will never happen. But how great would it be is if they're eating shawarma and then. They're surrounded by other people, like in the diner or whatever, and then every time stands still. Everyone freezes except the Avengers, and in the corner of the shot, you see a wheelchair wheel. <laughs> but then again, why would Xavier need to talk to all of these surviving Avengers to warn them about Magneto? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, well, he could. Uh, be the rumors more, right now, be, though, are we're getting a an Avengers versus X Men movie first, though. Yeah, which is I, I think what we pitched that they should be enemies yeah. first. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. And I think, well, to be fair, uh, Xavier could be warning them uh, against uh, Galactus, too, because they deal with Galactus as well. Uh, not as much. Galactus is definitely an everybody thing, not necessarily an X-Men villain. Well, yeah, and but that, that's my point, though, is if you're going to have somebody uh, warn the Avengers, like if, unless you're going to do it in some Tony Stark te- technological shenanigans, um, I would be okay with, with uh, Xavier being one to warn them. Yeah, that could be interesting. For my number two, I'm actually surprised this isn't in your top five. Um, for my number two, it's, to me, what I think is the best Spider-Man movie to date, Spider-Man Homecoming. This was the one. This was the Spider-Man movie I always wanted, but I never thought we would get. This is this is my Spider-Man. It was the dude that cared about the little people. He cared about doing the little things right of, hey, Whose bike is this? Um, who? Hey, you're trying to break into a car. That's one of my favorite things about Homecoming was seeing him do the little day-to-day things, trying to be a hero, because he understands he needs to be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And we got the wings. Uh, even if it was just briefly, I never thought we'd get the wings. It felt like the Peter Parker I read about as a kid all the time and watched on TV. He felt normal and relatable. He wasn't a good-looking guy pretending to be a nerd, Andrew Garfield. He wasn't... He wasn't Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire was great, (laughs) but Tom Holland, to me, he's everything that I want from both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. He's a normal, average kid. He's good-looking-ish, but he's very average in appearance. I don't think he's like Andrew Garfield of, wow, he's super attractive. Tom Holland's just average and what that's exactly what i want from peter but then when he's spider-man he understands and i will always get choked up with that spider-man homecoming scene when vulture drops the building on him and in that moment he's not spider-man he's a 15 year old kid screaming for his life that he's going to die and he hears iron man if you're nothing without the suit then you shouldn't have it And he's got the, come on, Spider-Man. And he lifts the building, which is a comic panel that I've been waiting for years to see. But not only did they recreate that panel, they made it mean something. It was, this is what Spider-Man is. It's when the chips are down, he digs down deep, he gets back up, and so can you. That's what Spider-Man is. That's why he means so much to people. It was Spider-Man. Yeah, totally was. I I just I guess I have more of an emotional connection to Spider Man. Spider Man is mm, Spider Man. No, yeah. Spider Man. At the end of the day, for some reason, and you can hate me all I want, and this probably skews some people's uh, view of my opinion, but for some reason, I just connected to the Amazing Spider Man better. Really? Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. I enjoy Andrew Garfield a lot. And part of that's based on the first Spider-Man series that I ever read was the ult the uh, yeah the Ultimate Spider-Man, and that's the series that he his uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is based off of. So like he's already based off of the one the Spider-Man that I grew up with. 
So it was. It's hard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's, Tom uh, Holland just seemed like he was very much that classic Stanley Steve Ditko mixed with a little bit of the '90s cartoon, but also had come the humor of the Drake Bell animated one, which we discuss at length all the time on the show. But it, oh, was, yeah. it was the Spider-Man that I always wanted of just a good, kind-hearted kid, almost like had the same yeah. virtues as Captain America of like knows when to do the right thing. To me, the moment that I knew. I was going to like this Spider-Man was when he's at the party and he's about to swing in as Spider-Man, be all cool and be like, all right, where's my friend Peter? And try and get himself some street cred. But then he sees something uh, explosion off in the distance. And in that moment, he knows, okay, something's more important. It's not like a decision he has to think about. He knows immediately, okay, I need to make some sacrifices. Like, Tobey Maguire... I feel like at times he whined and complained about his responsibility too much. Whereas Tom Holland's just like, okay, it's kind of sucks that I have to balance all this stuff, but I'm going to keep doing it anyway because I know it's the right thing to do. And that's yeah. essentially what Spider-Man is of just the dude that knows what's right and what's wrong and will always help anybody, no matter how small. Like, that's why he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Fair enough. And you know what? I watched it once and it was like, yeah, that's good. Um, now, after playing the Spider-Man game and being so attached to that and then into the Spider-Verse and getting really attached to that, um, yeah, I should probably go back and watch Homecoming because I probably will enjoy it more. However, I am really stoked about the, the sequel that's coming out because that, that, looks like, that looks like a fantastic Spider-Man movie. So... I mean, I'm open to being wrong at this point. It wouldn't be the first time. I know, right? But our number one, both of us have the same movie for our number one. Josh, why is our favorite Marvel movie Captain America, The Winter Soldier? Because it's got the best story. It's like, it's not afraid to cross that line. It knows what it's supposed to be. It knows who its villains are. And it knows it's, it's no. It knows its hero, and the morals that that hero has, and what lengths he's willing to go, and what lengths he's not willing to go. Yeah, I liked but didn't love the first Captain America, so my expectations were pretty low for Winter yeah. Soldier because he was fine in the first Avenger, and then in the Avengers movie himself, the Avengers movie itself, he really wasn't my favorite Avenger. That was probably Thor. Um, but then Winter Soldier came out with my low expectations, and Heather and I came out going, that was amazing. That was so good. Because like any good comic book movie, it doesn't feel like a comic book movie. It felt more like a Jason Bourne spy thriller. Of It's not oh, really absolutely. a fight your way out of the situation. It's a, you are a black and white character living in a gray world now. So how does your old school mentality fit? today and how are you going to face this threat that honestly is bigger than you alone with hydra absolutely and really it's kind of funny that it started that that trend of people going hail hydra <laughs> yeah. which was really my only, which was my only really real downside to, do. to uh winter soldier is underutilizing frank grillo as crossbones that man is a treasure oh, dude. well and then they they bring him back in in Silver War, and he kind of just craps the bed. Like, I think one of my, I still think Winter Soldier has one of my all-time favorite fight scenes in the MCU with the elevator fight. 
Oh yeah, it's I mean, claustrophobic. It's, really it's tight. It's focused. It's great. And I think no, I don't think I know. Winter Soldier has my favorite Captain America suit. I love the blue and the silver. Oh, absolutely. And really, like Winter Soldier was the movie that for me, I that made me go, oh, I I need more Bucky. Really, Bucky is I still have yet to have a movie cool. for me that gets me on board with Bucky. I like Falcon I mean, though, primarily because I'm a sucker for Anthony Mackie. That's true. I think my one gripe, if I was going to have one about Winter Soldier, is the attempt at a Nick Fury bait and switch. Oh yeah, with him well, not so dying. Like, oh, he's dead. Screw you guys. No, no, he's not. Like, we're not stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, people always debate of. Civil War, Winter Soldier, I will always say Winter Soldier because Civil War has to balance this really big cast of other heroes. At its core, it's still a Captain America movie, but it has to balance between Iron Man, Bucky, and everybody else. This one is much more tight and focused story, I think, and it's easier to follow. And it made me a Captain America fan to the point of Captain America is my favorite Avenger now. Well, after Infinity War, Spider-Man is technically an Avenger, I guess, but of the OG original roster captain america by far because he actually had growth he became more defined in who he was as a character yeah this is right this is wrong we do what's right no matter the cost we don't sacrifice lives everyone is savable at some point and like his moral compass is what makes people like him as a character besides the fact that it's chris evans who's a very attractive person i'm sure that helps too but yeah you root for him. And I've said this before in my um, How Do You Make a Good Superman movie work video of Superman essentially needs the Captain America treatment of people think both of them were really cheesy, but one of them has had a really good modern interpretation with Winter Soldier of take that character, put them in a modern context with their old school ideologies, and how does it work? I still think if you're doing a good Superman movie, just make it in the style of Winter Soldier. Yeah, Absolutely. Because Winter Soldier is just excellent. And I still, to this day, don't think any Marvel movie has quite topped it. The Russos are trying with Infinity War and Endgame and Civil War, but they first started with Winter Soldier, and I still think their premiere in the MCU is still by far their best movie. It's so well-written. You care about the characters. It's a clear, concise story that really makes you root for the character and it's so well done. Absolutely. I mean, and it's funny too, cause I, I'm sitting here trying to think of ways that you could do that with Spider-Man, uh, with Superman, sorry. And there's only a few stories that I can think of that, that you could really do that. A modernization of a modern tale of Superman that does the same thing for Superman that the winter soldier did for cap. Yeah. It's uh, did you ever see there was an animated movie? It was Superman it was one of those Superman versus fill in the blank. Um, versus the elite. Yes. I'm glad you know exactly what I'm talking about, because that movie for me, if they remade that in a live action forum, especially in today's political climate. Perfect. Like, yeah, that that movie would do would do for Superman. What, what Winter Soldier did for Cap. Winter Soldier to me just reinforced, I like Cap because he does what's right, 
even when everyone else around him is saying it's the wrong thing to do. And I yeah, exactly that's Captain America. Captain America may never be my favorite comic book character, but it's gonna be a sad day when Chris Evans leaves us as Captain America because whew, he does a fantastic job of his character. And I to me, it really started with Winter Soldier, not Avengers, not the first Avenger. But Winter Soldier itself really made me care about Captain America as a character, made me care about Falcon, Black Widow, kind of Bucky, but we're still getting there, I guess. Um, well, what about you guys? What are your favorite Marvel movies of all time? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio channel you're listening to us on, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. And if you want to check out other movie-related stuff, be sure to check out the Untreated Media YouTube channel. And as always... Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.